0: I didn't understand that there's so many principles in investing that you use to determine when to buy and when not to buy and how to
1: invest. Real quick before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Moves' online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try SmartMove tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with SmartMove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better Than a typical credit score. Reduce non payment risk with Smart Moves Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly. With a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report, with over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, Great convenience, great tenants. Best ever, listeners. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Greg Gaudet. How you doing, Greg?
0: I'm great, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that, and you are welcome. First off, let's learn a little bit about Greg. He started in real estate as an appraiser right out of high school in 2002. He lost his job in the recession, moved around the real estate industry before getting his first deal in 2018. He bought five rentals in the first 12 months, averaging a 25% cash on cash return, and has done one wholesale based in Honolulu, Hawaii. With that being said, Greg, you wanna give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
0: Absolutely, Joe. You covered a lot of it there. Uh, I'll just, one correction is I'm based in Maui, Hawaii, in Pukulani, Kahului area, different island, but very close to Honolulu. Like you said, my background, I've worked in real estate most of my life. I've always been very interested in investing, made a lot of offers over the years. For about 15 years, I was really interested in investing, but just never actually pulled the trigger, and I'm glad I didn't because I didn't really have any real education on investing. I just understood real estate, but I was really thinking of buying for appreciation. Around 2017, I found your podcast and some other resources and started educating myself and learning how to really analyze a deal. And that's when I finally took the plunge and made the commitment and haven't looked back since.
1: Five rentals in the first 12 months, averaging 25% cash on cash return. Yes, please. That's incredible. Let's talk about it. First deal, how much, and just give us the numbers and tell us a little bit about how you found it, please.
0: Yeah, the first deal, so I'll back up a little bit. In 2017, when I was ready to start and I was trying to figure out which route to take, I was looking at turnkey properties in, of course the central Midwest area because of the price points. I live in a really expensive market. The median price here is 819000 So because of that, I was looking at those cheaper markets I called in to a guest that was on your show that he just, something about him. I really liked him and he sounded like he was willing to help anybody that give him a call. So I called him, told him, hey, there's this one building here in Maui that I can buy condos really cheap, but it's a lower end building and it scares me. So I'm going to do turnkey in the Midwest. And he said, I think you should look at your market. I don't think you should do that. And because of that conversation, I ended up, taking a closer look at this uh, one building uh, n- not one building but there's a few buildings but this one area with some buildings in maui that are lower end and uh the price points are really low for maui in the hundred thousand kind of range
1: hundred thousand more into what? it like a
0: one unit or for a two-bedroom condo yeah two bedroom at condo, the time condo. the average sales price was a hundred thousand okay cool. um, so i was looking at units on the mls there a friend of mine that does a lot of different stuff with investments and auctions, foreclosures and that stuff. And uh, she told me about this unit that was going to foreclosure auction. And she said, this is a good deal. I think you should bid on it. It's an ocean view top four corner unit and it's $65,000. And at first I kind of brushed it off. I thought, no, I don't know anything about foreclosure auctions. Like, you know,
1: risky and could be intimidating, but, uh,
0: Yeah, but some time went by, made some offers on some other units, and I was offering around 70, 80, 90, and getting rejected. So I came back to her and said, hey, is that thing still available? She said, yeah, the hearing's coming up soon. So I started doing my research. I put a ton of work into learning how the system works here, Uh, going to the unit, actually knocked on the door, talked to the tenants, got to see the inside, did all my due diligence, found out everything was good, went to the auction, and did on and won it.
1: Usually, when you're knocking on the door of a place that's going up for auction, you're not going to get a receptive audience. How'd that go? Well,
0: I think that's not a really crowded market, so it's not like any other city on the mainland. Probably, you'd have a lot of people coming by and knocking on the door or peeking in. Here, that's not really an issue. In fact, a lot of times, they allow you to go into the properties before the auction, And they were living there rent-free. They knew that their time was coming, and I just approached them really nicely, and they let me take a look around, and I told them, look, I'm going to buy this unit. We can work together, and I can be really reasonable and probably help you guys through this process, and you can help me, or we can not be nice to each other, and it'll just be worse for everybody, and they worked with me.
1: Huh. Okay. So you educated yourself. How did you go about educating yourself about the auction process? Because at this point you hadn't purchased a rental property yet, correct? No. Okay.
0: So I, I would go to all the auctions. I'd talk to everybody there. I'd talk to the people that were bidding. I'd talk to the commissioners that were doing the sales. I'd just talk to everybody and learn everything I needed to learn. And also talking to a lender because another important detail is I used a traditional mortgage to purchase that unit and found out everything I needed to know. I felt confident enough, went through and did it. Now I've bought a couple more at the auction and I kind of know this system a little bit better. And looking back on that, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. That was not a good decision. It's just unbelievable that it all worked out. I'm super happy I did it because it was a great deal. I bought it for $70,000, appraised at purchase for 95000 And on the one-year Marked from the date I closed on it, the bank valued it at 142,000. So it basically, double in value from what I paid for it in one year. And it cash flow is about 650, 700 a month. So it does well, but it was really risky. So a lot of things could have gone wrong.
1: What are some things that could have gone wrong based on what you've heard or some other experiences that from conversations with investors?
0: One thing that could have gone wrong: the day the appraiser came. Because remember, I didn't have the cash to close on this unit. Right. The the tenants could have said, no, we're not going to let you in. And I would have been out of my 10% deposit non-refundable. So that could have happened. I could have found out that it was a second position mortgage that was foreclosing. And
1: there could have been a
0: $300,000 first position mortgage that would not be wiped off. There's a lot of things that could have gone wrong.
1: So that property was purchased and what is it rent for again?
0: Rented for 1700
1: Wow. <laughs> that's some return. What's it worth? Well, keep in
0: mind, it's a condo, so the HOA dues are $585 a month. So that's a big chunk of that. Okay. So if you factor that in, and you might look at it and say $70,000 purchase price for $1,700 rent, more than a 2% rent to price ratio, but maintenance fees, and those probably sound really high to people on the mainland, but those are kind of average here in Maui, also because the building has a pool, 24-hour security, and all these amenities. So the taxes are really low, though. Taxes are $50 a month, 600 a year. So all-in expenses are about $1,000. Those
1: are really low taxes. Is that typical for the area? Yeah. Uh, Hawaii's got some of the lowest
0: property taxes in the country.
1: Oh, yes, they do. Wow. With the property, that was your first one, you jumped in feet first, a foreclosure auction, and then what'd you do after that in terms of acquisitions?
0: The next one, I bought on the MLS, actually. The only one I've ever bought on MLS was a rundown unit that I got a good deal on it, fixed it up, and I did an incredibly frugal rehab on it. Contractors were giving me $10,000 estimates. These guys were going in there saying, oh, I can't do this. It's too nasty. <laughs> It was pretty bad. And then I ended up actually rehabbing it for about 2100 bucks just by saving everything I could, being super frugal. And then after that, the same realtor that represented me on that one, I would see him surfing in the water. I'd see him all the time. And I'd mention, hey, I'm looking for units. Let me know off-market deals. And he texted me a couple months later and said, actually, probably like a month later, and said he had run into an agent at an open house that said he just inherited a unit at that same building and wanted to sell it quick. So I made him an offer, bought that one under market value, nice and quick.
1: What'd you make the offer for?
0: That unit, actually, at the time, the value is about 120,000. It was about a year ago. I wanted to offer him in the 80s. My agent, he's kind of a retail agent. And he said, oh, I think you've got to be in the hundreds. (laughs) And being my third deal, I was still very new, so I let him sway me a little bit. So I started at ninety thousand, ended up getting it for ninety five at the time. Yeah, it was worth about nine one twenty $120, one twenty five. Okay. So it was right at the cutoff. That's my probably my worst deal. I paid a little too much on that one.
1: What's that rent for? Seventeen hundred. I'm noticing a theme. Same HOA, five eighty five a month.
0: Yeah, same building, and also it's notable that. A lot of my units are HUD rentals, Section 8. So the 1700 is kind of like that's what I'll get. So I, I've built a relationship with the HUD inspectors and caseworkers. And I pretty much know if I have a two-bedroom. So one of the ways that I was able to make this happen, like these numbers sound really great. I got really lucky. I bought at a good time when prices were still reasonable, rents were going up, and prices just happened to go up a lot over the last year year and a half now how much could you sell the second one for the second one that was a one-bedroom unit so there haven't been any comps actually since that one sold but there's one in escrow right now for about 120 so i'd say i could sell it for about 110 to 120 and i bought that one for 75
1: why are they so inexpensive relative to my perception of how much they should be
0: it's mostly just because this particular building is not a desirable building. It's about, a, I would say, a D-class building for Maui. In any mainland market, I'd say it'd probably be considered like a C, C-minus class. But since Maui doesn't really have any rough neighborhoods or lower-class neighborhoods, the cheapest you could buy a single-family house here is at least 400s, maybe 500s unless it's a knockdown. If it's a teardown, you'll get it in the 300s, maybe.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, This particular building, everybody knows it. It's a huge, really large building, over 350 units. So it's a well-known building and it has a bad reputation, but people need to live. There's a lot of people here that are just low-wage earners, or young families that have kids and don't make a lot of money, and they need a place to live. And it's central. It's right in the middle of town, across the street from the ocean. And it's not a bad place. It's just not a fancy place.
1: You've bought five rentals in the first 12 months. Why weren't you buying properties before? I made a lot of offers
0: before. I was making a lot of offers in 2011, 2012, 13, but back then I was looking at real estate as I buy my home and then in a couple of years I sell it and I make a bunch of money. I didn't understand that there's so many principles in investing that you use to determine when to buy and when not to buy and how to invest. So I did want to buy and I was trying to buy previously, but because I, I was just Based on speculation, I was making really low offers and only willing to buy if I got it. And I also didn't know about other methods to buy. I was only looking at MLS listings and none of those retail sellers were taking my offers. I kind of wish that I had bought a couple of those units. I looked back at 2012 because I was going to buy them around 100,000 back then. Now they're Mm -hmm. 250-ish today. So I didn't know what I didn't know back then.
1: For the five transactions in the first 12 months, how much money out of pocket in total were you to get those five transactions completed?
0: I was putting about 20% down on each unit. Again, I'm really frugal. So I was saving and I still do save probably 60% of my income. So I put about 20 to 25,000 per unit, except for one of the last ones the last one I just bought for 30000 so that one I just paid cash. So I got that one free and clear for just a little more than I put as a down payment on all the others, and it's mm-hmm. worth the same. It's in the same building.
1: It's in the same building. Are all five in the same building? Not in the same
0: building, but yes, in the same condominium project, yeah, the same association.
1: Okay, so you said there's like 300 of them, and so you have five within the three hundred.
0: Yeah, there's like 352, I think. And okay. I have five of them. And I'm done there. I've got five. Why? I've got enough there. You got, you, They're you, really good returns. By
1: like 70 years, you're going to own the whole building at this rate. Right?
0: Well, I don't know. My mentor's got a bunch there. And another guy I know there's got probably 15 of them there. Because obviously, they make great cash flow. And funny story, my mentor today is actually the guy that showed up to that first auction and bid against me. Um, I I showed up expecting to buy it for 64,000 and I didn't think anybody else was interested and show up to the auction. There's another bidder there and he bid against me and we both had a max bid of 70,000. And just because I happened to bid first, I was the one to bid 70 and he couldn't go any higher. So I won it. And today he's my mentor, but yeah, I have five units there. I have a lot of my Capital invested there. And let's say the whole place burnt to the ground. I just want to diversify. So, as much as I love the returns there, I think it's time to diversify. So, I'm looking for other units now.
1: How'd you come across the last one where you bought it for 30,000 cash? That was just
0: from marketing myself. I did some direct mail. I just talked to everybody, I tell everybody what I do, give my card to everybody and a seller called me up, and From the she had inherited the unit.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you were mailing direct mail pieces to all 346 units at the time? I actually didn't
0: mail everybody. This is really time-consuming. I don't necessarily recommend this, but I went through all the tax records and looked at the units that were worth mailing, and I probably mailed about a little more than half of them. Anybody that bought in the last year, I didn't bother mailing those people to paying full retail. So I mailed all the people that I thought would be motivated. I actually made my own list and mailed them. So she called me up. She had inherited it 10 years ago. She wanted nothing to do with it. She was going over there every month to collect rent. Tenants were a month behind. It was just a mess. And she just wanted to unload it really quick. So that one worked out great. I'm really happy with that.
1: I bet. And when you were looking at the tax records, you weren't going to mail to anyone who bought it within the last year. So did you mail to anyone who bought within 13 months or earlier, or did you have a different time frame that you had a cutoff at?
0: No, I didn't have like a set timeframe. If they bought two or three years ago, but they bought it pretty cheap, I would add them. I just went on a case by case basis. I probably didn't add anybody that bought in the last maybe two years, maybe even three years.
1: Okay, cool. You have these five units. Are you managing them yourself?
0: I am self-managing them just because I have property management experience, so I'm comfortable with it. And I also think that it's important for me to learn my specific market issues. So I don't have experience managing D-class rentals and units in this building. So this was, I think, important for me to learn so that when I do go to hire a manager, I will know what to expect and what not to expect. So if they send me a bill for something that doesn't make sense, I can say, well, what are you doing? And I'll know that's not the right property manager. And also I have the time and the ability and it's not very time consuming to manage these five units that are 10 minutes from my house. So I do it to increase my cash flow and returns and learn more about my market.
1: What are some tips for someone who wants to have Section 8 tenants in their properties, whether it's tips for the process or anything else that you have that come to mind?
0: Screening. 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 (laughs) Screen some more. Just screen the heck out of those tenants and don't believe the stories. That goes for all tenants, but I don't like to classify anybody, but I do think that there tends to be a lot of tenants that end up in a situation where they're on section eight because maybe they weren't very responsible with some things, right? So I try to watch out for those tenants and I try to find the people that are good people. A lot of my tenants were good, hardworking people even homeowners, and something happened in their life. So it could be me tomorrow. So I kind of, uh, actually a little side detail I'll throw out there. I'm really proud of is All my tenants have come from the homeless shelter. So that's kind of, we have a major housing shortage on Maui and a lot of people, even people with jobs and working people can't afford housing here and they end up in the shelter. So I'm really proud of, being able to add value to the community and provide housing to these people and give them a nice place to and be a good landlord. But anyways, the point is, screen them. There's a lot of bad tenants out there, but I check all their references. I'm very thorough with them. I'm very strict with them. I tell them up front, I will do everything I can to be the best landlord and make you guys happy, but don't be late on the rent.
1: And how much of the voucher pays for the 1700 Depends on the tenant.
0: Some tenants, if they have a higher income, their portion will be higher. So they're limited to paying about 30 to 40% of their monthly income. I have a tenant that pays $80, and then I have a tenant that pays $500, but pretty much HUD pays the majority for all
1: of them. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Based on my experience, it's to get started, educate yourself, and take action. I wish that I would educated myself a long time ago, and I would have taken action a long time ago, and that's my biggest regret is not starting sooner, but it all comes down to preparation and taking action.
1: Why do you think you know, zero properties up till 2018, and then bam, five rentals, one after another, after another, after another, after another? You mentioned that you are trying to time the market before, and you're trying to Approach things a certain way and now you don't. But I'm more asking how you're able to buy five so quickly after not having bought any.
0: So, one other detail about in the past when I was making offers, I was doing escrow for a really high end brokerage. And my resource for market information was my broker. And he was a retail broker, he didn't understand anything about creating cash flow and buying below market value. And I didn't know about any of the online resources and podcasts at the time. So had I found those back then. I would have started back then in like 2012. Now, the other thing that changed was over the years, I increased my income. So I was able to save a lot more towards down payments. And uh, I'd also mention that I bought all my units below market value, but I haven't refinanced any of them. So I'm kind of doing like a delayed BRRRR strategy. The only one that I have taken equity out on is that last one that I bought for 30000 Since I paid 30000 cash, I just took out a HELOC from the bank. Actually, the day after I closed on it, I just went to the bank and they gave me a HELOC for 76000 So I'm going to use that to buy my next three. So hopefully in 2019, I'll buy three more units, but yeah, I still have all that equity and all those units. And I'm kind of waiting for a time where I can refinance them all and use that capital to buy something bigger. But to answer your question, it was between the preparation and all that, and also just earning more over the years and saving up the money to be able to scale.
1: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dwellyn com forward slash show. Best ever book you've recently read? I'm going to say Never Split the Difference. Love that book. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: I would say a mistake I made was I just mentioned how I've been saving up my equity. I wish that on a true Burr strategy, but I didn't plan it out that way. And it's going to be a lot more complicated to refinance, get all of my equity out than if I had just been refinancing as I went. So I wish that I had better strategized my long-term plans. And tapped into my equity as I went.
1: What's the best ever deal you've done?
0: Definitely that last one I mentioned. Purchased for thirty thousand. Market value is about a hundred thousand. And then the ARV—it's not renovated. It's rough, but it's already rented out. So I'm not going to be renovating it until the tenants decide to move. Purchase price thirty thousand. ARV is about a hundred and forty. Current market value is a hundred, and the bank gave me seventy six thousand for it as a line of credit
1: right after closing. That's beautiful. Nice job on that.
0: Oh, and the cash flows uh, six hundred a month.
1: Oh, by the way, you make money uh, <laughs> as you go along. That's a great one. <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community?
0: Like I mentioned, helping people in need. There's a lot of people in Maui that are good, hardworking people, and they're really struggling and a lot of landlords don't want to accept HUD because it is more work and it is riskier and there is a lot of downsides to it. There's upsides too though. I like that my rent is guaranteed every month and I like that I'm helping a family. These people are so grateful. Other than that last tenant that I said I inherited, every one of my tenants has come from the homeless shelter and they're so grateful and it feels good to be able to help them out. And then also that unit I inherited the tenants on it's a guy in his 30s and his mom. She has cancer, and they've lived in the unit for 20 years. She's really sick, and they're uh, the old owner. I mentioned mismanaged it, had it rented way below market rent. It's rented at 1,200 a month. So I feel really good about buying that unit because I feel pretty confident that most investors would go in and kick them out, renovate it, and either sell it for 150,000 or rent it for 1,700. And I'm not increasing their rents. I'm not kicking them out. I'm just letting them stay, letting. Them go through whatever they got to go through. And I'm sure I'll be able to rent it for more at some point in the future. But for right now, it's making a great return. I got a ton of equity and it's the best deal I've ever done. And there's no need to increase the rent. So that's kind of a cool way for me, I feel like to be able to give back, to be able to help that family stay in their housing and, and focus on their health instead of worry about increased rent or finding
1: a new place. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can hit me up on bigger
0: pockets and
1: search for Greg
0: Gaudet, that's
1: G A U D E T in
0: Pukulani, Hawaii, or I'll give out my email address, Pono Properties at Gmail, which is P O N O Properties at Gmail.com.
1: Greg, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about what was holding you back and then when you had a different mindset and different strategy and then reached out to a guest on this podcast and you change your approach holy cow watch out maui because here you go five transactions 12 months 25% cash on cash and some good amount of equity to boot along the way so thanks for talking about how you found those deals You jumped into deep waters on your first transaction with the foreclosure auction. And then on the last transaction, the direct mail, looking at the tax records, being intentional about who you're mailing it out to, and having conversations. And lo and behold, it netted a very, very lucrative deal. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. It's been a blast. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dwellyn com forward slash show.